With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. It is our number two of the Lombardi line here on the DraftKings Network. Femi Abebefe in downtown Las Vegas at the Circa Resort and Casino. Michael Lombardi in the great state of New Jersey. Fun first hour. We have a fun second hour on deck for you guys as well. We will get back to the college football discussion 30 minutes from now with our buddy Matt Humans, host of VEASAN tonight and co-host of the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. He'll give us his college football plays and his NFL plays for the weekend. But Michael, let's get to the Lombardi look ahead and we always begin the Lombardi look ahead with a game that you want no part of and that's one that's happening in the <laughs> desert <laughs> yeah well uh, yeah I mean look I, I, there's so many uncertainties about the Arizona game along with the Atlanta game with Ta- Taylor Heineke playing I mean yesterday I was on Chris Russo and I kind of had to take it because when we do this contest you know I can't take games that he takes, so I have to kind of do this. I don't really want to do it. This is a game I want to stay away from because of the uncertainties that's involved in the game. Is Taylor, is Taylor Heineke going to play well? I think he will. I really do. That I do know. What I don't know is how good Kyler Murray will be. You know, can Kyler Murray – now, he's going to do more than Clayton Toon could do, but what can he do? And does he have enough weapons around him to do things? And how does Atlanta handle him? The fanfare is all on Murray. But remember, when Murray left, he wasn't exactly lighting it up. He wasn't playing well. People have rushed him the right way. They make it challenging for him to move. If he has to move around, if he can't move around, it becomes a problem. So for me, when I wrote it Friday morning, I'm like, okay, to me, just cue up Daryl, cue up John, (laughs) stay away. I urge people to do the same. That is the official Hollow Notes play of the week. You know, it's your Holland Oats play, but I actually played a little Cardinals money line here. And a lot of it has to do with the return of Kyler Murray, but also I just Heineke on the road as a favorite with this. Like, I just cannot get there. So to me, it feels like a coin flip game. I took plus 115 on the money line with Arizona coin flip game. You're going to give me plus 115. I guess I'll take my shot. Not one of my favorite plays of the week, but it is a play for me with the Arizona Cardinals. But uh, a little worried about the Kyler and the rust factor. I, th- I do think that's a solid point. I think you, you have up. to be concerned about it. Yeah. We've seen it with all these quarterbacks. They come back and they're not 100 percent. It's a new offense. You know, they don't really have a run game that they can kind of hang their hat on. And look, let me me say this to you you know we can talk about this all we want about Heineke and and him not being able to do those things I I don't disagree I don't disagree with some of that but I do agree with the facts here that the Cardinals when, when, when you look at the Falcons offense the Cardinals defense we know is certifiable not very good but when you look at the the Falcon offense they've averaged 128 yards rushing per game in the last four weeks they throw for over 250 yards the last four weeks. Their defense has play, is the eighth-best defense on third down and the sixth-best defense in the red zone. So they're going to get off the field on third down, and they're not going to give up touchdowns to me, and they're going to move the football. If they don't turn it over, I think they win easily, Femi. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll see what happens on Sunday. Hopefully, uh, for, for my sake, I'm hoping that the Cardinals can win this football game. But uh, uh, it's definitely one that's a, it's a little bit of a lukewarm feeling. Uh, well, you're with the public the if week. they do. The public's yeah. all over the cards this week. You know, they have been. And, and what's interesting is they have not been on the public side the entire season. That's and right. they've covered they've beginning of the season. They were they covered the Washington game. They covered the giant game. They covered the cowboy game. Obviously, they won outright. And then they covered the Baltimore game on a kind of a fluky thing at the end. <laughs> and then last week, obviously, they didn't cover. They didn't co- they wouldn't have covered that game if they played eight quarters. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm not sure they would have scored if they played eight quarters, to be honest. Um, that, that, that Cardinals Ravens game, that's still that's going to be on the Mount Rushmore for for bad beats. People who laid it with Baltimore. Uh, the, when the season is over, that's going to be one of the four spots on the Mount Rushmore. I still can't believe the you end of that. You cannot replace the giant one, the giant well, jet game, <laughs> the jet. And, and what, what that jet game was. You got to remember that jet game is a bad beat if you had the Giants, which yeah. I did in the Russo contest. But it also was a bad beat for Jet fans because they actually think they're going somewhere. They are four and four. They actually think that they have a chance to go somewhere. Like your team is not good enough to go anywhere. What are we talking about? Because you're four and four, and you got Hurts throw you a pick at the end of the game, which he should have never done. And then, then Dayball sends out Graham Gano to kick a field goal, even though he's hurt, and they had to put him on IR the next day. Come on, well, you're not a playoff team. Like I wrote about in the look ahead. I mean, whatever. If it's not Minnesota. Whatever the seventh seed is in the NFC East should be disqualified. They should put an AFC team in there. <laughs> yeah, but put in one you of the- can't find you can't find an, an NFC team that you think is Washington playoff worthy. No. Now, if Washington goes out and beats Seattle this week, and then they have the Giants next week, they might make it. Good lord! And 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 think about who the two seed is. It's probably going to be. Philly or San Fran, maybe it's Detroit. I guess the Lions have a have a softer schedule going forward. But I mean, the two seed is likely going to be a pretty damn good team. And then you're going to put out there. I mean, Sam Howell, here's your first playoff start on the road. Like, no, we can't have that. I mean, it, it needs to be Minnesota. Well, but even Minnesota, who knows? Like with Josh Dobbs, he's never played in the playoffs. Like, who knows how that would well, go? Right now, right now, right now, Detroit's the two seed. That's why, to me, I, 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 I even though I have it as a Hall and Oates play, when I got to Russo. I think Atlanta is one of if, – if there is one team you said to me of the remaining the remaining uh, eight that are not in the – remaining nine that are not in the playoffs, if you said to me what team has a chance to be the seventh seed, I would have said Atlanta. They're better than Washington on defense, especially in situations. They can run the football on anybody they play against, right? And they – And if they don't turn the ball over, which they've been prone to do the last month of the season, they can actually do some things. And this is why, to me, this game is really going to – it has a lot of implications for Atlanta's season. That's why I I, I didn't really mind it as much when I had to take it because I think there's a lot at stake here for Atlanta. There really is. There's a lot at stake here. They're over total. Because I don't think Minnesota can hang on. I would be Mm. all over – I would be all – I mean, look, let's be clear here. I mean, Josh Dobbs, when he had a play in Arizona, was playing effectively when James Conner had the ball, and they were running, and they had some balance to their offense. When Conner got hurt, Dobbs had to become more a part of what they did, and that got bad. And he fumbles the ball quite a bit. I mean, he fumbled three times last week against Atlanta. I mean, and Atlanta had to settle for field goals. If it wasn't for how good Minnesota played, Atlanta would have easily won that game. But Dobbs did great coming back. I'd take nothing away from him. But I'm not sure Minnesota is going to be able to withstand. They have no running game. Dobbs rushed for 66 yards last week. That killed Atlanta. It killed them. I'm not sure they're going to – I'm not sure that he can duplicate that again. Now – I also don't want to play Derek Carr on as a three-point dog, uh-huh. a three-point favorite on the road. I, I don't have any interest in that. Like if I played anybody, it would take Minnesota and the and the and the three. Now it was two and a half in the contest. Yeah, I think that's a Vikings or pass situation to me. Like you know how I feel about Derek Carr, Dennis Allen as as favorites. Like that's it's it's never it's it's a never possibility unless it's two and a half at home or something like that. Maybe I could talk myself into it, but at, well, I mean, at three look, on the road, Carr, no. Carr's twenty two thirty four and two as a favorite on the road in his career. No, twenty two thirty four and two as a favorite on the road. 
It can never be Carr on the road as a favorite. Uh, let's get to your line of the week. We'll talk more about the playoffs on the other side with uh, the column that you wrote this week for VEASAN.com. But your line of the week is an AFC North class that I can't wait to watch, Browns and the Ravens. Yeah, and, and this line is, is a little bit of a trap. People want to take Cleveland badly with the line. But then I think what's happened here, the line opened at four. It went to six right away. And then it moved back. Then it went to six and a half. And then it moved back to six. And now it stayed at six and a half. Why? Because when you break the game down, there's a couple factors that are involved in this game that I don't know if you can really trust the Browns. I know that your instinct is when you look at the card, you say divisional matchup, Browns need the game, they're going to play. It's like the Chargers-Chiefs. There'll always be a closer game than you think it is. I agree with that logic. However, the injury situation in Cleveland is really poor. They lost both starting tackles, Wirfs and Conklin. And then they lost their backup tackle, Jones. He was going to go over and play left tackle. Now he's not going to play. So you've got two bad tackles going in the game. you got a quarterback named Deshaun Watson who is 51.1% completion percentage on the road. He averages 5.33 yards per attempt on the road. Like, how are they going to score against a Ravens defense that has allowed 9-22-6-3-3 in their last four games, last five games? Like, how are you going to do that? I mean, they're the, last, they're the home games, that's what they allowed. The last four games, they've allowed 16-6-24 to Arizona, misleading, and three. So, like, where are they getting their points from? And you say, well, the Browns are really good on defense. Yeah, they are. But when the Browns get on third down, they're the 31st worst defense in the National Football League, and they're playing against a Ravens team, which is the best third down defense in football. So my question to you is, where are they getting their points? I mean, it's a really good question because I don't know where they're getting those points. And uh, the point that you bring up, because like, I think a lot of people would like Cleveland in this spot, just with like being the division dog and their defense. It's like, oh, like I get those defense with those points. Well, Baltimore's defense, if you look at the DVOA numbers, Cleveland's number one, Baltimore's number two. And I think Baltimore's right. defense, like, and it, what's been lost in a lot of the the love for Baltimore over the last few weeks has been it's because a lot of it's been about Lamar Jackson and rightfully so. Lamar, Lamar's played like the MVP up until the midseason point, but Baltimore's defense has been amazing. Like they've been really good. Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator, he's done a terrific job. And you put those two units together. Clearly, the worst unit on the field is the Browns offense. And I don't know if you can go ahead and back them in this game here. To me, I'm going to stay away because I don't think you I don't think I'd want to lay it because I feel like I'm laying it at the top of the market here for the Ravens. But I don't want to take it. I learned my lesson from last week and taking it against with Seattle and then seeing that game be over 15 minutes of real time. So uh, it's a pass for me with the Ravens and the Browns. But an interesting game nonetheless that I will be watching for sure in the early window. All right. On the other side, let's talk about it. Some teams to make or miss the playoffs here at the midway point of the NFL season. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our VSEN.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. Check the top VSEN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI and see which VSEN expert has the hot hand. For VSEN Pro picks, betting splits, betting guides, plus 24-7 video access. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today. Sign up and now and get access to everything we do through May 1st for only $120 at VSEN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line. Femi Abebefe, Michael Lombardi here hanging out with you guys on the DraftKings Network. Matt Humans will be joining us in the next segment to give out his NFL and college football card for the day. And we'll, of course, wrap up the show with our final thoughts on the college football card. I want to get your thoughts on Oregon and USC. And of course, there's big games in the SEC, the Big 12. That's a crazy conference. Who knows who's going to make it to Jerry World and play in the Big 12 title game? We'll talk about it all to wrap up the show here. But let's talk about some make-miss playoffs now that we're at the midway point of the NFL season and the current playoff picture is as follows. We showed the NFC in the last segment. Eagles right now are the current one seed. Lions the two, 49ers the three seed, Saints the four seed, and then you have the Seahawks as the five, the Cowboys as the six, the Vikings as the seven, and then on the AFC side of it, Kansas City is the current number one seed, Baltimore is the two seed, Jacksonville the three seed, Miami the four, and then the five seed is Pittsburgh, six seed Cleveland, seven seed Cincinnati. So currently all four AFC North teams if the playoffs started today, which they don't, would be in the playoffs there. So that shows you how good that division has been. But when you take a look at it and kind of take inventory on what we've seen through the first half, which of these teams do you think would be able to hang on to those playoff spots? And which team that's on the outside looking in currently do you think can get into the dance come January? Well, I mean, look, uh, you know, you can you can count Pittsburgh out, right? But they win ugly. The numbers don't back up what they do. I, I think to me... You got to consider their mental toughness. I think Cleveland's going to have a hard time hanging on with their injury situation. I know they're really good on defense, but if Watson doesn't play better down the stretch in the gales of November, and that's the theme of the article, weather's changing. You know, this is when you have to play your best football. I'm not sure that the that Watson can play his best football when you go through all his numbers and you look at what he's not been able to accomplish. You know, I mean, if you go over his career, he's three and twelve as a dog in the last fifteen starts of his career. Three and twelve, Femi. Mm-hmm. That's not Straight good. up as a dog. I mean, you know, you're paying two hundred fifty million. You expect to win some of these games, right? And so uh, I just think they're going to have a hard time staying on. Look, I I would never rule out Buffalo. Buffalo right now is not in it. I wouldn't rule them out. I don't like Buffalo. I think Buffalo has a great quarterback with a below average team. I know that hurts people's feelings when I say that, but they're not a great team. Injuries have affected the Buffalo Bills. And I think there's a lot going on in that locker room right now. I really do. I think there's some internal combustion that is happening, and a win cures some of that, but it doesn't cure all of that. Diggs, Diggs is on the injury report this week. The line opened up against Denver at 9.5. It's down to 7. Will it go below 7? I doubt it, but it could. If you like Denver, you better grab it now. I think the sleeper team in this whole thing is, are the Miami Dolphins, and here's why. I think Miami over in Germany last week, we saw a defense that's becoming really good, and it's only going to get better. And because their offense is so good, 
we don't see how good their defense can become. And I think if you get, when they get a chun back, I think that makes a huge difference to the running game, you know, and so they get him in there. And then they also have the ability to throw the football. Look, they have trouble when they play physical teams on offense, right? Mm -hmm. Their offensive line is the weak link of the team, and they've done a great job. But I think their defense is going to carry them. I really do. I still think the two best teams will be the one and two seed, Baltimore and Kansas City. Jacksonville is an interesting team, right? The Jacksonville's playing much better in the last five weeks. There's no question. But when you go through the numbers, Femi, and you look at Trevor Lawrence at home, versus Trevor Lawrence on the road. It's a shocker. It's a shocker. Lawrence has got an 86.1 rating on the road, at home. He's got 101 on the road. He averages 6.19 yards per attempt on the road, at home, and it's 8.09 on, on the road. And he is a completely, he's 4-0 on the road, he's 2-2 two two at home. I don't know why that is, but here's what I do know, right? They're 14th in sack percentage allowed, and when he gets pressure... They struggle offensively, and I think he'll get pressure from the 49er front. And if they don't start fast like they typically do, you know, they have the 38-13 advantage in the first quarter, I think it becomes harder for them. Uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup there. I have a play in that game. Uh, I like I like San Francisco against Jacksonville in that game. That's one that it's probably one of my favorite bets of the season. To be honest, it is my favorite bet of the season. I've said it on multiple platforms now with the 49ers laying it there. I laid two and a half, even at three. I still like it with the San Francisco 49ers. But in the AFC playoff picture, because you mentioned Miami is a team that you think could be dangerous in the second half of the season. They're currently in the lead in the AFC East. I think everybody would probably say that they think the Dolphins are going to make the playoffs. But the seven seed is where it's interesting because. You have just behind Cincinnati at seven. You have Buffalo, Houston, Los Angeles, and New York, all with four losses. Sounds like you like Buffalo as that team that could maybe get into the playoffs. Do you like any like Houston? Could they do it with CJ Stroud the way he's been playing? The Chargers, our guy Staley, he, he was right in the ship last Monday night against the New York Jets. They get that big win on the road. Now they're a home dog against Detroit. If they could ever beat the Lions, maybe they get back into the thick of things. Or you mentioned all the Jets fans who are excited about their team or at least their defense. They're, they're talking themselves in the Rodgers coming back by like Christmas. Who knows what happens oh with that? Like, like, I think that's pie in the sky and it's lunacy. That's ridiculous. But they, they, that's they, ridiculous. they, they think he's going to come back right. and save the day and put the Superman cape on. Like, would you ever buy that, into the Jets at plus 250 to make it? No, we're not. I'm not buying in the Jets. But I think the Houston team deserves a conversation, right? And I think this is a huge week. They've got 18 guys on their injured list this week. Nico Collins has already been ruled out. Their kicker, Farbarn's already been ruled out. One of their best rushers, Greenard, uh, is got a shoulder injury that's been hampering him most of the most of the game, the season, and so they're, they're, they've got a lot of guys. Their best linebacker is out for the week with a concussion too. So they may get Stingley back off of the hamstring injury. Damian Pierce isn't going to play. Steven Nelson. So they got a bunch of injuries. They go into Cincinnati. Here's my concern about Houston. Besides the injuries. Right. C.J. Stroud has been outstanding. He has been very good, but he has been very good at home. He hasn't been very good on the road. It's been more of a challenge. Now, he went into Jacksonville and had a great game. But when you look at that game again, it's a little misleading. They got the what the kickoff return from the from the fullback yep. in that game and kind of broke the game open. He's one and three on the road. He averages basically. His he averages 6.85 yards per attempt on the road. When, when he's at home, he averages 9.3. You know, so he's a completely different quarterback. And I think to me, you've got to take that into consideration when you look at him. And they've done a great job of, of protecting the football. He's thrown one interception. It's been at home. And they got the ball right back by the Saints. Their defense, really, their defense is where I, I don't have enough faith that they can carry it over. They have give up 23 points a game. They've only forced two turnovers when they go on the road. They have a hard time slowing people down. You know, look, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were celebrating that they won that game last week until C.J. brought them down the field. So I, I'm a little bit worried. I think this week will be a huge week for them if they can do it. The Chargers, you can't rule them out. But the one thing that bothered me about the Chargers was Williams, the kid they drafted from TCU, has not looked like he can replace, I mean, Quentin Johnson. Johnston, he can't yeah. replace Williams, right? He struggled. They needed another guy. And without Josh Palmer, it's just Keenan Allen, and they can't make a big play in the pass. I think the longest pass play last week was 15 yards. So 
I think that's the issue there. And can they stay healthy? I mean, Bosa was working out on the side again this week. He's got the flu or something. I don't know if they can stay healthy. I don't trust them. But they have the potential to be there because of their quarterback. It's right there for the taking for the Chargers to go ahead and get into the playoffs. We'll see if they can go ahead and do it. I mean, this Sunday's game, that's a massive game with Detroit coming in. The Lions are feeling good. One of the better stories in the everybody's NFL Everybody's on year. the Lions. Everyone loves them. I mean, everybody's on the – I mean, if you're with the Lions, you're with John Q. Public. That line went from one – well, actually went from the Chargers – Chargers the Chargers – favorite at one and a half to now the charger a three-point dog which again qualifies into that 45 and 84 category that we've talked about here on this show so but there's money just been coming in and look sometimes it's the right move you got to evaluate the team i was nervous about this because i felt like the chargers could throw the ball on a detroit secondary but can they but can they? Because the Chargers, without, all, without another receiver, without Palmer, I think they really struggle. Well, John Q. Public has been uh, robbing the bookies of all their money so far this season. So we'll see if that continues. But, but you that, and I both know to it's going to end. Yeah, it, it'll I end. mean, you and I both know it. It'll, it, it at some point, you know, their book's going to win. Yeah. Merry Christmas, public. Here, here's another loss <laughs> to pay for those Christmas presents. Uh, on the NFC side of things, could you convince Big Daddy that his team has a chance? <laughs> Do they have a chance? Oh, to I'm going to watch the, the big the Packer game is going to be on the big screen tomorrow. I can't Love wait it. for that. Every Love three it. yard game. Oh, my God. The Big Daddy, they're not going to get 20 yards on every play. Like, can we just relax here? How is the first the half under not the bet of the week for, in that game there? Like the first half under Green Bay, Pittsburgh. I feel like that. Like these teams can't score in the first half. Pittsburgh will somehow find a way to win it in the fourth quarter, as they always do. Uh, Matt Humans joins us next to break down his college and NFL card here on the Lombardi line. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Don't forget about DraftKings Sportsbook. This week, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly, plus all customers can get us no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code VSEN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Welcome back. It's the Lombardi line. You're hanging out on DraftKings Network. Michael Lombardi, Femi Abebefe here on this college football Saturday. And joining us now is our buddy, Matt Humans, host of VEASAN tonight, also co-host of the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. Matt, we appreciate you taking the time out of this morning. As always, um, Penn State, Michigan. Boy, uh, no absence of storylines in this one. It is official, though. Jim Harbaugh will not be coaching on the sidelines in Happy Valley. The market right now has Michigan four and a half point favorites. The total is at four. 45. What do you like here in this uh, big game out there in the Big Ten East? Well, I've got to tell you, I was really hoping that uh, Jim Harbaugh would sprint out of that tunnel onto the field and 100,000 <laughs> fans would be booing and it would be uh, an awesome atmosphere today, but it appears that's not going to happen. Harbaugh's not going to coach. Uh, I, th- I really think he loves being the uh, bad guy. And uh, I-, I think Michigan's a bit of a mis- mystery team now. The one thing you can't say about the Wolverines, of uh, they've won their nine games by an average margin of 34 points, so they've wasted all their opponents. But they're going to hit the road here and face a ranked opponent for the first time all season. Their best wins are Rutgers and UNLV. The only teams in the Big Ten that uh, Wolverines have faced on the road are Michigan State, Minnesota, and Nebraska. You know, three uh, pretty bad teams. So <clears throat> I think it's a bit of a mystery how good Michigan is. Um but, Femi, I assume you have a Heisman bet on J.J. McCarthy, the Michigan quarterback, right? <laughs> we do not. We do, that, that is one of the quarterbacks yeah. we have not bet. <laughs> okay, well, you're going to start to hear his name today if uh, in the Heisman race if the Wolverines win this game. I, I just think Michigan's physical and tough on the offensive and defensive lines, but they've been overpowering teams that really stood, a no, chance, stood no chance. And I think Penn State really can uh, stand up to Michigan in the trenches Number three scoring defense in the nation. Played a tougher schedule. Uh, you've got a dynamic running back duo, Katron Allen and Nicholas Singleton. The freshman quarterback, Drew Aller, who really, I thought, cracked under pressure in the game at Ohio State in the middle of October. He's going to be more comfortable at home today. So I did take Penn State plus five. Also got a little bet on under 45 in this game. And the one thing that makes me uncomfortable is James Franklin. You know, I, I joke and call him <laughs> Big Game James because he's 3-16 and 16 against top 10 teams. 
He's been an underdog in 18 of those 19 games. But he is 3-3 three and three in his past six against Michigan. I think uh, Nittany Lions are going to show up today and uh, put up a pretty good fight. I think this is the type of game that comes down to a field goal. Michigan has been a really slow-paced, uh, rather conservative offense. And Jim Harbaugh, or his coaches, tend to get really conservative in big games, too. And that's one thing I've seen Harbaugh do many times over the years. Uh, that's why I think this is going to be a lower-scoring game as well. So give me the dog and the under. Well, from one big game coach, or lack thereof, in, in James Franklin, you're going to bet another one in our man Mario Cristobal and take the 14 mm. points against the Seminoles. Man, you are a glutton in this weekend, Matt. I mean, yeah. this is going to be, you're going to be cursing yourself up and down if you don't win this, because you walk it into the trap and you know it. I know. I'm in the eye of the hurricane right here, right? Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you, okay. you were war- you warned yourself. Nobody else had to warn you. You warned yourself. I mean, you've been saying oh. it forever. I know. I, I don't like Franklin. I don't like Jimbo. I don't like Cristobal. <laughs> and I'm on two of those three guys today. And, uh, you know, Cristobal has found ways to lose games. He was a lock to win. And, uh this, but I did take 14 and a half here. I think it's a good number. It's a good situation for the Canes. All the pressure's on Florida State. I think they're going to get Miami's best shot after Florida State won 45 to three in last year's game. Tyler Van Dyke is a capable quarterback. He's just made too many mistakes this year with 11 picks. And uh, I, I, I do think the Canes stay within this number. This is not a huge bet for me because, again, I, I can't stand the coach. So, <laughs> bottom line. I think a lot of other things line up, except uh, my crystal my crystal ball says, don't bet on Mario Cristobal, but I did it today anyway. Yeah, Mario Cristobal, the kind of coach that would uh, snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Miami. We're hanging out with Matt Eumanns, host of Vsin tonight, also the college football betting podcast. How about the game, though, in Seattle in the Pac-12, undefeated sure. Washington hosting Utah right now. The consensus number is the Huskies' eight-point favorites, total 49 and a half. Well, I have not bet a double-digit favorite the entire year, college or NFL. I bet one today. I laid 14.5 with Oregon early in the week. I was at the USC game last week, and I was uh, just amazed at how bad the USC defense was. I want Michael Lombardi to go back and break down the tape of the USC defense a week ago. Um, that was a, Washington came in with a 117th-ranked rushing offense and ran for 316 yards. And there were, I think, I think it was Joel Clatt of Fox Sports said something like um, Washington gained maybe 150 yards or something like that before contact on the ground. There were several cases where the running back would take a handoff and not get touched until he was seven yards downfield. I haven't seen a defense that bad for what's considered an elite team for a long time. And I got to wonder if the Trojans are going to check out on the season because I thought that was their home run spot last week. And offensively, Caleb Williams and the Trojans actually played really well, but they came up short. Now they're facing a Ducks team that's got a far superior defense. And Bo Nix is going to put up Heisman numbers today for mm, Femi. And there I we think go. Uh, they kind of build his case. He's got 30 total touchdowns and only two picks this season. Uh, I, I just can't see USC going shot for shot with the Ducks here for four quarters. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I'm not. I was not on the Bo Nix Heisman campaign, but obviously still time, those Michael. numbers. <laughs> no, I'm not going to get there. I, I'm still going to say it's a St. Jude's play. But you go ahead, enjoy it. I, I'm, I'm rooting for you. I really am. But look, I've seen I've seen the USC defense, Matthew, and I can't explain to you what they're doing because I don't think they know what they're doing. Like it's so unsound. But you know, we can blame yeah. Alex Grinch. We can blame him all we want. But if you go back and watch Oklahoma's defense when he was there, when the, when the great Lincoln Riley was coaching there, that's the same. It's the same. Yeah. And you talk to anybody in Norman, and they'll tell you, look, you know, we love him as, a, as an offensive coach, but the team has no toughness. And, and SC has no toughness. And that's just a fact. And he doesn't coach toughness. So it's really difficult. It's a challenge. Let's spin it to the NFL. You know, mm-hmm. one of the things that shocked me is – I like San Francisco, you like San Francisco, but the betting market is all over the Jags, even though the Jags have been the 24th worst home team record in the NFL this year. Yeah, I think they're one and two at home. 
and uh, they get blown out by the Texans at home. Uh, but I also think the uh, the betting public's kind of buying in, buying into the media narrative that the Jaguars are a team on the rise, one of the elite teams in the NFL. I, I don't really see it that way. Uh, they've won five in a row, but they've also done it against a relatively weak schedule. And uh, Trevor Lawrence has got, what, nine touchdown passes in eight games? It's not really an explosive offense. Uh, what it comes down to me, and this is not about advanced stats or power ratings or anything about that, anything like that. Uh, I think Debo Samuel is going to come back today from a shoulder injury. He really opens up the field for Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey leads the league in rushing with 652 yards, but he's only got 142 of those yards in the past three games. Purdy suffered a concussion, threw five picks during that three-game losing streak. But to get Debo back, it's going to be different today. The Jags are taking a step up in class. Uh, I think this play is about the 49ers getting healthier, refocused off the bye, and they're too good to lose four in a row. Uh, I wish it would have laid the two and a half as soon as it opened, but I laid three here with the Niners on the road. I don't think they dropped four in a row. Yeah, no, I think we have full agreement here on the show with Niners and the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's my favorite bet of the season up until this point. You have two more NFL wow. plays. Let's get into those ones. You have Packers also taking the three and a half against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then also in the Sunday night game, you're back in the silver and black. Yeah, again, this week with the Raiders. Well, I'll tell you, I took three and a half of the Packers. It's a good number. Circus got it. I'm not saying this is a buy sign on Green Bay a week ago because that was a lame duck Rams team. But Jordan Love is 20 for 26, 228 yards. He did not throw a pick for the first time in six games. But I thought what was going to make the Packers successful this year was Aaron Jones and that running attack. And uh, that was going to set up Jordan Love. Well, last week, the Packers finally ran for 184 yards. That was a season high. I just think it's tough to sell the Steelers as favorites more than three points because Pittsburgh has been outgained in all eight games with an offense that's been borderline pathetic most of the season. Under the total of 39 is also, I think, worth a look in that game. And as far as the Raiders go, now I think last week they were an obvious play uh, with the coaching change and that, that one-week bump and that angle typically pays off. This week, I don't think Vegas is quite as attractive uh, because you might have an emotional letdown. One thing that really disappointed me last week is how the Raiders players turned the locker room into a cigar lounge. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to roll with the Raiders again. I just think this New York offense is a bet against, and uh, Raiders are worth a shot again to make it two in a row. Maybe it's another week of cigars out there in the Raiders locker room. He is Matt Eumann. Check him out on yeah. VEASAN tonight. Also, the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. We'll wrap up the show when we come back. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our VSIN.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. Check the top VSIN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI and see which VSIN expert has the hot hand for VSIN Pro picks, betting splits, betting guides, plus 24 7 video access. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. Sign up now and get access to everything we do through May 1st for only $120 at VSIN.com slash subscribe. You better get back. You better get back to uh, state college. You got to watch this game with Harbaugh. I mean, who else is going to verify this? Somebody's got to monitor him. All right, we got to make yeah, sure. Why not? He's, make sure he's not pumping in some decisions a, and some I burner phones. I forget the name of the diner. There's a diner on campus that has great milkshakes. He'll take you there, right there at State College. They yep. got the Creamery, which is always a popular hangout right on Main Street. I mean, you'd be big there, Femi. You should go back, <laughs> sit with them, watch the game. I've never been Kinda to State College. Games. I've never been there. So so that would be a fun trip for me, baby. So trust me, when you go to State College, it's not it's not easy to get to. And when they have 100,000 people in there like they do today, it ain't easy to get out of there either. Yeah, that might be a, a private flight situation only there to get in on the on the private tar- yeah. tarmac instead of having to. Because what do you, do you have to fly into Philly and then drive all the way out there? Or like what's you can do that. You, there is some flights in this. They have an airport at State College. You can fly okay. to Pittsburgh and drive over. It's it's really hard to get to. But you can fly to Harrisburg, too, and drive up. That's an hour and a half. So there's three different airports you can get into. Ideally, you need the private plane. You need yeah. wheels up, Femi. And you got it. I mean, why not? <laughs> yeah, let me call Marquee. Yeah, Marquee Jet. We'll get this thing situated by the afternoon. Well, let's get into, though, the noon slate here. And obviously, Michigan-Penn State being the biggest game of the day. The storyline, of course, with head coach Jim Harbaugh. Big Ten loving the suspension of Harbaugh. Not allowed to coach on game day can still coach throughout the week but can't coach on game day there wasn't enough time for the judge to review the temporary restraining order that michigan wanted so harbaugh will not coach today the wolverines though still four and a half point favorites total 44 and a half your final thoughts on this one uh that's about to kick off here in 20 minutes you know i i really think this will be i mean i've seen a, a penn state a lot i've seen them struggle you know i've seen that i've seen Ohio State, which is the number one ranked team in the country, struggled too. And, you know, for me, I think Michigan, I know what Matt Eumann said is true. They haven't played anybody really that is, oh my gosh, you know, they're really doing well. But I do think that this Penn State team with the extra motivation and the way, I mean, Matt hit something really smart today when he said, jump on the J.J. McCarthy train because he might be the Heisman. If they win today in State College and then they go and beat Ohio State, he may be your Heisman Trophy winner. No, he's definitely somebody who I'm concerned about. But as we know, the Heisman being a, a popularity contest, I'm just a little skeptical that we will have people who voters who will want to reward Michigan after this whole scandal of the sign stealing thing. Like, I think that probably hurts McCarthy's case, but he's definitely going to get an invite would be my guess, though. I think he'll be one of the, the finalists because his efficiency numbers are off the charts there. The traditional numbers because he hasn't played a lot of fourth quarter, so those lag behind a little bit, but the efficiency stuff, the underlying stuff has been up there with the best quarterbacks in the country there. I like Michigan as well. Like, I, I haven't bet the game. Maybe I'll put something on the money line on this. I just find it hard to believe that James Franklin, who's yet to show us that he can win this sort of game will win like if you were giving me seven maybe i'll go ahead and say penn state plus seven or whatever because that's a lot of points but four and a half if you're taking plus four and a half you pretty much need these guys to either win the game or be very very close to which penn state has not shown that they can do this why don't you just do what russo does to me every friday just put down whatever number you want i mean yesterday he took pittsburgh laying three it's three and a half in the market everywhere i don't know where he got the three number from but he wanted pittsburgh so he got three so why don't you just do that just go to the book and say look i want seven in penn state just give it to me and just quote Christopher Russo and say, this is a mad dog and I, I want the number. My sheet says uh, he gets says whatever number he wants. 
I don't think it works I, I that way. The, I looked at the sheet. I looked at the sheet and I said, where is the three and a half? It's like there was somebody else was talking about, oh, the Lions, they're like two and a half. And there was the, there were other things. Like, yeah. I, where are these numbers coming from? I can't, but okay, you got it. If yeah. that's what you say, that's what you say. Yeah, I mean, give me pencil. I actually want seven and a half, not just seven. Give me seven in the hook. Yeah, why don't you take the half point and go <laughs> yeah, there? Why not? Let's do that. Do yourself a favor. <laughs> so put that as an official play. Just kidding. That's not an official play for me. Um, the other noon game that's really interesting, though, is in Lexington. Kentucky hosting Alabama. The Tide, of course, off the big win last Saturday night, beating LSU. They're now in the driver's seat in the SEC West to go to Atlanta for the SEC title game. This number's at 11 and a half. There's still an 11 here at Circa and some other shops, but 11 and a half seems to be the the consensus number total 47 do you think that alabama can cover this number or is this like as tim murray said in the first hour is this a little bit of a sleepy spot here for alabama no i don't think alabama can sleep and i think what i I listened to nick saban on mcafee this week and he talked about how you know miss terry immediately after the game last week against lsu said well now this makes auburn even harder and he's like no it makes kentucky even harder Mm. like i think he's probably was a raving lunatic this week in practice and i don't think they're going to let up i do think it'll be a hard game i do think it'll be a hard game but they are getting better defensively they are getting better offensively and if they are improving, this should be a game that they show their improvement and win going away. I think it'll be a hard game to start the game off with. I really do. Oregon and USC over in Autzen Stadium and Eugene. This will be the Pac-12 after dark game. We haven't talked about this game so far today. The Ducks now out to 16, 16 and a half even at some place over at DraftKings. The total is 77. Do you think we get a better defensive performance from USC with Grinch no longer no. coordinating this thing or do you think it's going to be more of the same? Well, I think, first of all, you just can't, It's you're shifting the play caller. Are you changing the fundamentals and techniques of the players? Because that's ultimately how you play better defense. And if you say, well, let's just simplify it, then against Oregon, that becomes even easier for Bo Nix. you got to be able to execute with pad level, with the ability to play with physicality. Those are hard things to just correct in four, two days of practice. So, I, I mean, you can get, I mean, look, probably was the right thing to do to get rid of Grinch, but I don't believe that it's going to immediately turn around and to register into wins because I think it's going to be really challenging. You know, USC has not been this big of an underdog since 2011 when that USC team led by Matt Barkley went into Eugene and beat the Oregon Ducks who had national title hopes as well. So not saying that this is a similar situation. That was a different USC squad against a different Oregon. That was the Chip Kelly Oregon team. Uh, This Oregon team, I think, might be the second best team in the country, Michael, honestly, based on what we've seen. Uh, They might be the best team in the country. I mean, mean, the way they're going, they might be the best team in the country. Look, they're good. And they're good in the lines. I mean, this is where they're really good. They're really good in the trenches. And I think that's ultimately how you measure these teams because you can go on the road. It's like Michigan, that really good today defensively, right? When you're really good defensively, you can go play on the road. And you're not going to get kicked out of the game. You're going to be able to – your defense is going to get you stops. Yeah, no, it's a it's an Oregon team that's really impressive. I've obviously watched a lot of them with my uh, my bodacious uh, movement that we've been going on since September. So uh, we're almost there. Hopefully we can get there. But a, a lot left to be decided though over the next month or so for the Heisman race. How about Miami and Florida State? I remember as a kid, like this game was like the game every single season. Like it was just you knew NFL dudes littered all over the field. Like the, there was always like top five matchup. And now it's Florida State's in the top five, and Miami is Miami this season. Well, the the Canes are catching fourteen and a half. Matt Humans, he likes Miami in this spot. Could you plug the nose and back Cristobal uh, catching more than the two TDs here, or would you lay it with uh, Norvell and the Knowles? I think I'd have to. Do, I'd have to do it, Matt. I'd have to do it. I mean, I'm not going to do it with uh, with James Caldwell, but I'll do it here with him. I think you have to, right? A lot of points. I think points. you have to. I mean, it's a lot of points, right? And these kids know they play against each other. They know each other. I think you have to. Yeah, a, a lot of points, and especially in a rivalry game like this, like it's heated. We know like Miami FSU, like you said, they all know each other. They all played in the, the, the Florida Georgia All-Star Games or whatever, and like the Florida Sunshine State All-Star Games for the high school kids. Like this is fertile recruiting territory, and I think the familiarity, I think, allows the Hurricanes to stay within the number. And also, Cristobal as a dog, like especially like a dog like this many points, I think he can be like that motivating kind of coach that maybe, hey guys, this is our last stand here in the ACC this season. Let's go out there and try to upset 
the Florida State Seminoles. Uh, real quick, though, before we've got a minute left in this game, there actually has been some uh, some movement on that Alabama-Kentucky game. We're starting to see uh, some 11.5s pop up. There were some 10.5s yeah. earlier, so some more money looks like it's pouring in here on the Crimson You can see, uh, yeah. I mean, look, uh, when you go through it, the four-game losing streak that they – or the three-game losing streak Kentucky went through where they lost to ranked teams, Missouri. They lost to Georgia. They got killed by Georgia. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so I, I think that's coming to roost a little bit, the LSU game as well. So, you know, look, Alabama might be peaking at the right time. And, yep. and the way they played against LSU, they are. Yeah, they certainly it's seem like they got to continue, though. Yeah, no, it's... Yep. It's been it's been a good month for the Alabama Crimson Tide here uh, so far this season. We'll see if they can carry it into the SEC title game. Where I think the expectation is we're going to get Alabama Georgia, which whenever those two teams play, sign me up for that one. That's some big boy football down there in Atlanta. Well, that does it for us here on the program. Should be a fun day of college football. I can't wait to watch Michigan Penn State when I get home. Looking forward to that. Thank you to our guests though. Thank you to Tim Murray, host of Veasan Primetime in the College Football Betting Podcast. Thank you to Matt Humans as well, host of Veasan tonight and also co-host of the Veasan College Football Betting podcast for our producer Elliot Bowman for everybody behind the glass for Michael Lombardi enjoy the games Michael today enjoy obviously Sunday the NFL action we wish everyone the best of luck Pam Maldonado and JVT coming up next with Live Bet Saturday but on the DraftKings Network it is Ross Tucker we'll see you guys next week here on the Lombardi Line The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.